0: And welcome to the City Grace Podcast. We're so happy you've decided to join us today as we learn how amazing it is to follow Jesus. Enjoy the message. First Samuel chapter 3, verse number 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. Everybody say Precious. There was no open vision, and it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, when the ark where the ark of the God where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here am I, and he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou did for thou callest me, and he said, I call not, lie down again. And he went and lay down, and the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me And He answered, I call not my son, lie down again. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord revealed unto him. Pause for emphasis. Do you know the Lord? Has the word of the Lord been revealed to you? And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be that he shall call thee that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. Just to kind of give you the flavor of the background. A year ago or so, we here living in California experienced a lack of rain. Now rain in abundance is tiresome. Thank God we progressed out of ties and coats and all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's all right. It's tiresome when there's abundance of rain. A lot of rain when it's really raining hard and heavy, it it becomes such an inconvenience. It affects our golf game schedules. (laughs) So inconvenient. It's so inconvenient because it affects our soccer game schedules and it's so troublesome for it to rain on our day off of work. Let it rain all the day, Monday through Friday, but Saturday, Sunday, my day off, don't let it rain. It affects our plans to go to the park or to the beach and so we don't like it to rain on those days, but let there come a year or two of drought and the results are very different. They are felt by us all. The high water bills, the out-of-control fires, the unplowed fields, the scarce crops with the accompanying high cost at the grocery store. All these combine and contribute to make us painfully aware we need some rain. Rain is never so precious as when there is a famine in the land. When the clouds have long ceased to yield refreshment for the parched earth, when every drop is as precious as gold, we've all seen the pictures of children with their bloated stomachs and their families pale and starving to death, the severe fever, the, the famine, the disease, the death that ensue and follow. They, we all understand they need rain. They need some refreshing. In the time of plenty, rain can be taken for granted and treated so lightly. In the time of drought, rain is such a welcome commodity. And so it is in the spiritual realm, where there is a lack of spiritual rain, when the moving of the Spirit of God is absent, when preaching and teaching and worshiping is taken for granted, or worse yet, such an inconvenience. <clears throat> When church attendance is treated so lightly, it's just another added commodity to our busy, hectic lives. And it's such an inconvenience to have to drop everything to get ready for church, especially on a midweek day. Well, I don't know. We have our busy schedule and our petty petty agendas, and, and God sometimes is treated so lightly, such a, an inconvenience into our lives, and and if we have that kind of a mentality or that kind of an attitude, there is sure to follow a soul famine, a famine for the reign of heaven, and there can, after this, they're going to spring all kinds of spiritual diseases and fevers and death is sure to follow, so for a lack of spiritual reign, we sure do need a heavenly down. Poor. I believe in good old-fashioned worship and praise and magnifying God. I believe in allowing people to have free expression in worship and and jumping and shouting and running. I believe you need to let go and let the Holy Ghost take hold of you. I believe you need to just let loose and let the Holy Ghost have his way in your heart and life. Hey, 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 let me ask you a question. When was the last time you talked in tongues? Uh, I don't know about you, but we're Pentecostal around here. <clears throat> when was the last time you let go and just let the Holy Ghost have his way? When was the last time you let go and cut up a rug and let loose and dance a little bit, huh? You do that around here? I hope we do that around here, amen. I pray we never quit doing that around here, amen. We need a move of the Holy Ghost. We need a washing of the Holy Ghost. We need an inundation of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost to breathe over us and, oh, take us from glory to glory, from height to height, from faith to faith, amen. I don't know about you. But ah, I need. I got the Holy Ghost way back in 1969. Back then, you were just—you weren't even a thought in the back of your daddy's head. But uh, I need the Holy Ghost today, just as bad as I needed it back then. I need the Holy Ghost today, just like I did then. I need to talk in tongues today, like I did back then. I need to be refreshed in my spirit today, just like I did back then. Amen. I hope I never. I, not I hope. I, I plan on never getting too old to have a move of the Holy Ghost in my heart. I plan on never getting too old to clap my hands uh, and say thank you Jesus and if the Lord tarries and I go to an old restroom I hope y'all have rest home services and I want to lay in that bed and say thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for a move of the Holy Ghost. Oh. I don't ever want to outgrow this Holy Ghost I don't want to ever feel like I don't need this Holy Ghost I need this Holy Ghost at this time in Israel's history there was a soul famine but the story of Samuel begins long before he was born his birth was preceded by a praying mother again pause for emphasis praying mother <clears throat> a praying mother i still believe in praying and i well, i could go off on so many tangents and getting old i ramble a lot so let's just go on all right and here she is living in the midst of a drought-filled land, but she had a desire for a child from God. You recall the story how she prayed for a child. She went to the house of God. She fell at the altar. She fell at the beside the altar, and Eli, the high priest, was watching there. And she, her lips were moving, but no voice was heard as she agonized out her request. Eli looked at her and said, "Hey, hey, you." lewd woman leave off the alcohol quit your drinking quit being a drunk sober up and get your life together and she responded oh no oh no sir don't take me for a drunk don't take me for a lewd woman don't take me for a woman a daughter of Belial but I have a request in my soul and one thing I'm asking of God that he would grant me my request you know the story how God heard her request and fulfilled her desire and she in turn made a vow to God She said." said God if you'd give me this child I promise you I promise you when he is weaned I'll take him back to that temple and I'll give him back to you and so it came to pass in the process of time she had her child and she fulfilled her vow but Currently was at a low ebb. The tide tide of God's spirit had receded from their shores. The high priest Eli was a passive old man under, unable to control his sons as they committed lewdness in the very tabernacle enclosure. As a nation, Israel was at war with the Philistines, but because of their sins, God would not give them a total complete victory over them. Individually, just a few were in touch with God. The means that God had chosen to reveal His will and communicate with them. The Urim and the Theorem of the the high priest. the, The breastplate with the gems that glowed as God revealed His will of a yes or a no to them. That had grown dim and dark and God was not speaking to them any longer. Oh God, I want God to speak to me. In our scripture reading it stated the word of the Lord was precious in those days. It was rare, scarce, infrequent, few and far between were the revelations of God given to individuals. And so the Word of God was treated as a very costly commodity. And so this child, born in the midst of that generation, this child, when he was brought to the tabernacle and presented as a gift back to God, uh, uh, his mother Hannah brought him and she told Eli, For this child I prayed, and God has given me my request uh, and therefore he shall be given back to the Lord all the days of his life uh, and so she brought him uh, and she presented him to the Lord that day uh, and so Samuel or Eli rather took the child Samuel uh, and they constructed a small room off to the side there in the tabernacle enclosure uh, they uh, he had a little cot built a little table they gave him a little place to hang his coat uh, and here Samuel was to dwell and to live and he was given duties in the tabernacle you i sweep the floor and and make sure the candle wicks are, are fresh every day and, and put them out every night and, and make sure everything is in its right place. And, and so Samuel, now as a child, ministered to the Lord in the tabernacle. He, I don't know how old he was when his mother brought him. He was weaned. my five, six, seven years old around there sometime when he was brought to the uh, tabernacle. But one night... After he had completed his duties and Eli had retired to his room and, and Samuel put out the candles and, and put out the wicks and put in fresh wicks in the candlestick and, and filled the candlestick with oil. He went and laid down on his little cot and he heard a voice, Samuel. And he rose up and he ran to Eli. Here I am for thou didst call me. Eli said, I I didn't call you, son. Go lay down. And so Samuel returned and laid himself down again and and again laying there. He heard the voice again, Samuel. And he ran ran back to the priest and he, he said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go lay down again. And so the third time it happened again. And after the third time when he went back to Eli, Eli perceived. Thank God the old man had that much of him he perceived that the Holy Ghost was calling to this young man, that God was speaking to him. And he said, listen son, you go lay down. And if you hear that voice again, and he speaks and calls you, you respond speak Lord for thy servantlessness. Uh, and again Samuel went and laid himself down and, and drew up his covers and laid his little head on that pillow. And again the word of the Lord came to him. Samuel! Samuel! And he responded speak Lord for thy servant servantlessness. Uh, and God began to bear his soul to him and he said listen I'm going to do such and such a thing and <laughs> and I'm going to do this to Eli and all the sons and so on and so forth. But Samuel, everyone that hears these things, their ears are going to tingle. But here's what the here's what I want to get across to us. God finally had an opportunity to speak to someone. God was longing to communicate with somebody. God wanted to bear his heart with somebody, someone. Oh, and he wanted so desperately to be able to communicate with his humanity. And finally he found an entrance. It made just have been a six year old boy but God finally had an opportunity to speak to somebody and I say it to us today oh God oh God speak to us as a church family speak to us individually God you want an opportunity to talk to somebody I pray God you find somebody here today that wants to hear from you God it's a dreadful thing hang on it's a dreadful thing to not be able to speak to someone not be able to communicate with someone i recall as a youth pastor and my wife my wife and i first married we went to abilene and became youth pastors there in that church and uh, they had a deaf ministry and <laughs> A young man by the name of Rudy was coming to youth services, and he began attending church services. And and Rudy was a handsome young man, about 16, 17 years old, 6 foot so, maybe 145, 50 pounds, just a good-looking young man. But the problem was Rudy could not hear. He was deaf and mute, and he could not speak. I I recall as the youth pastor there, we'd have meetings and youth services, and everywhere I went, I'd turn around, Rudy's right there beside me, smiling at me. I said, hey, Rudy, you know, just I couldn't communicate with him, just patting him on the back. And and so every youth service, he was there. And our social nights together as young people, we'd gathered around. We'd have youth, youth socials. And he was there beside me, following me everywhere I went. And I recall one night going to the church house. I was scheduled to preach. I went to the church house to pray that night before. And I was there in the church house praying. And I heard a knocking at the door. And I got up and I went to the door. And there was Rudy. I said, well, here we are. And so I tried my best to have my ability to, to let him know I'm praying. And he acknowledged that. He, he Somehow he understood. And I said, would you like to come in and pray with me? He said, yes. And he shook his head, yes. And so I brought him in. And we came to the altar. <laughs> we, uh, you know, I said hey, man. And I got down on my knees. I said, come on, get down. And so he got down on his knees with me. And I recall the helplessness, the feeling of such inadequacy as I tried to communicate with this young man. I knew he needed the Holy Ghost. I knew he needed to repent of his sins. I knew he needed to be baptized in Jesus' name. But I just could not communicate with him. I could not get across to him. I, I tried my best to let him know that God loved him and cared about him but I recall feel the feeling of helplessness and frustration he being deaf and mute could not communicate and express himself to me and me unable to build a bridge into his world and it's so painful to have somebody you cannot communicate with it's so terrible it's overwhelming when a wife is unable to communicate with her husband and he, he, he does not understand her and she does not understand him. It's terrible. I've counseled many a young couple in trouble and their only problem was they didn't know how to communicate. didn't know how to talk to one another. It's a dreadful thing to have somebody you cannot communicate with. It's terrible to have a mother that cannot communicate with her daughter and with her son. It's horrible to have a father that does not know how to express himself to his son and put an arm around him and give him a word of love and encouragement. It's horrible to feel that through life and have such frustration in your heart and soul. But Worst in all of that is to have a God, a one that we call our Savior, and one that we cannot communicate with, and one that will not communicate with us. It's horrible to be able to say, I love you, Jesus, and not hear any response from heaven. It's horrible to say, I love you, Jesus, with all of my heart and feel nothing but a cold, hard brass above our heads. Oh, it's unbearable to have a God like that. But I want you to know today, God desires to communicate with you. God's heart is that he wants to talk with you and have a communion with you and love you and walk with you. God is not mute. God is not deaf. His heart longs to speak with you. Our God's alive. He's not a dead God. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Oh, and I see and I understand Scripture. uh, I realize that my God is a God of infinite power. My God is an infinite God of understanding, a God full of compassion, love beyond measure, grace and abundant. uh, But far too long or far too too many times, he's unable to communicate with us, uh, to transmit this to us, uh, to allow it to work in our hearts and lives. Uh, Oh, if you've ever lived live for God any time. I tell you what, even if you don't live for God, even if you're here as a guest this morning, you have a hunger in your soul you have a desire in your spirit I want to know God I want to know if this God is real if he can be felt if he can be touched if he can communicate with me I don't know about you but I recall as a young man feeling in my spirit God speak to me don't leave me to myself don't abandon me to my own resources I need a living God a God that can communicate can communicate with me. Listen, God's not nervous. He's not psychotic. He's not sitting on a throne up there biting his fingernails wondering if your life's going to be out of control. He's concerned about us. He wants to communicate with us. He wants to get our attention, but he's not rude. He will not break in on your busy schedule. If you make no time for him, he will not interrupt you. He's just looking. He's just waiting. He's just watching for someone to stop long enough to put their busy agenda aside. Somebody to take time out and say, God, here I am. I want to give you an opportunity to speak speak to me. I want to hear your voice in my soul. I want to be able to recognize your voice. Uh, not just something out there somewhere for somebody else, uh, but I want to know you for myself. Uh, I want to know you in here in my own heart and life. Uh, I want you to speak to me. Uh, oh, my soul desires for God to speak to it. Uh, I long for recognition from the Lord. I want to know He doesn't overlook me and pass me by. I want to know when I I'm out there on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday on the job or at the grocery store or at the gas station. That I'm not just somebody passing through the world, but I want to take note, God, you're with me. You're with me at a grocery store. You're with me at a gas station. You're with me on a golf course. You're with me wherever I am. And when I come to the house of God, I sure want to know, Lord, to know. Here I am, Lord. Take note of me. Pour out the Holy Ghost on me. God, speak to me. Ah, don't overlook me, God. Oh, Let me know, Lord. I'm not just to be flung out on the dust heat of, heap of humanity. I want to know, God, that I'm not just like a dog that has wandered away from home, not knowing which way to turn. But God, I want you to talk to me. I don't want to be like the chaff that is driven by the wind and blown into oblivion. I want to know there is a God that made me, that created me, that loves me, gave himself for me. Speak to me. Call me personally. God called to him. Samuel. Samuel. It was a personal call. Had his name on it. He was a wrong way down in his soul. It was a distinct personal call. Like Mary in the New Testament, Martha came running to her and said, The Lord calleth for thee. Oh, he's waiting for you. I'm here to tell you Jesus is calling for you. Mm, he's calling for you. Oh, like Mary in the garden on that morning of resurrection. Uh, she thought he was a gardener and she looked at him uh, and she said to him, Listen to this little girl. Here she is, a little lady. Jesus is dead. His body weighed oh, 150, 160 pounds. Handsome like me, shrimp like me. But this little girl said, "You just tell me where you've taken him, and I'll go pick him up, and take him and lay him down." Little girl, you can't pick him up by yourself. But something in her heart said, "I love him. I gotta be with him. I gotta have an encounter with him. He may be dead and gone, but he's my Lord." Oh, and Jesus, out of her speaking, Jesus responded, "Mary." Mary, she looked up and said, Rabboni, it's you, Jesus. And she ran to him and fell at his feet. Lord, speak to me. It's the desire of my soul. Oh, God would love to speak to you this morning. Uh, Hear me, young people. I don't care about these old folks. They're they're so dead and set in their ways. Uh, Give me some young people. Go hear me, young people. God wants to talk to you. God loves young people. God wants to manifest himself to young people. If God can reveal himself to anybody, it can be to the young people. Caleb, Caleb, Taylor, Taylor, hear me. Oh, God wants to talk to somebody. Alfredo, Alfredo, talk to me, Jesus. Reveal yourself to me. I want to hear the voice of God. I need guidance young people you need guidance in this world oh you need to know the the will of God and the right course to choose Uh, you need to hear God speak to you and tell you which road to walk down speak Lord so I don't have to backtrack and reorient my life Uh, speak Lord so I don't waste, waste my years in fruitless struggle pursuing goals that end up on dead end streets save me the pain save me the sorrow the misery of self will and its choices guide me Jesus talk to me Jesus speak to me Jesus hey, we all talk about the same God I believe I believe it I believe it I believe it I believe he wants to do that for us I believe he wants to be involved in our lives God is not just a Sunday God He doesn't just show up here on Sunday after Sunday morning and say, this is all there is to our experience, what you get here on Sunday morning. Oh, no, no. God wants to be involved every day of our life, every moment of our life, every decision of our life, every choice that we make. God wants to be involved in it. God wants to be there. God wants to lend his influence. Speak, Lord. I want to hear your voice. World full of turmoil and chaos. Uh, millions of voices are clamoring for your attention. Uh, when nervous tension is out of proportion and chaos is running rampant in our streets, speak to me, God. Give me comfort, God. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, you recall the story of Abraham. God called him, spoke to him. Abraham, get thee out of your country and from your kindred. Go into a land that I will show you. And so Abraham gets up and walks out, pursues after the voice of God. Don't know where he's going. Don't know what he'll encounter. All he heard was a voice. Preacher, you want me to commit my life to God? I don't know what I'm going to encounter. I don't know what lies before me. I'm telling you, if you'll give your heart to God, you won't be disappointed. Uh, and so he went out Listen to me. Listen to me. God wanted him to realize it's more that I'm going to give you, Abraham, than just a little bit greener pasture than what you had back in Ur. It's going to be more than just a few shrub trees uh, growing in the midst of valleys and hills with water. What I'm offering you, Abraham, is far more than just what you can receive here in the natural. Abraham, if you'll get up and go out to a country that I will show you, I'm going to realize reveal myself to you. I'm going to talk with you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a child Abraham. And if you can count the stars in heaven that's how his seed is going to be. Abraham I'm telling you I've got something for you. But it's more than just greener pastures for your cows. It's more than just trees and shrubs in a land called Palestine. It's more than all that Abraham. And through the process of his going and obeying and having God commune with him and talk with him and guide him along the way, Abraham began to realize it's more, it's more than just land, it's more than just trees and shrubs, it's more than just green grass that wants God wants to give me, it's more. I'm hung up on Abraham, I'm doing a study in Abraham right now and You know, the only thing Abraham, God told him, see this land, Abraham? I'm going to give you all of this. Here I go rambling. I'm going to give you all this land. When he came to die, you know, all that Abraham possessed, really possessed with, with the title deed with his name on it. You know, all that he possessed out of those 25, 50 years that he walked with God in that land. All he possessed was a burial place. The field of Mephila, the cave there in that field, a place where he could bury Sarah, his wife. Now hear me. Think about this one. This one shocked me when it came to realize me. Abraham and Sarah were half brother and sister. Same daddy, different mamas. They grew up in the same house. married to each other God save us (laughs) but their whole entire life they were dependent on one another everything he was to get she would be a part of Everything that he was to receive, she would be the medium through which he would receive it. They were mutually intertwined to one another. She was a beautiful woman. Princess, two different princesses looked at her and said, I want her to be a part of my harem. But Abraham, that's a whole different story. But anyhow, here's the thing. God had so intertwined their lives that when she died, something dawned on Abraham. Something went into his spirit and soul when he uh, went into that tent. ah, uh, oh, That morning she passed away. Uh, uh, the servants were running and going their different ways and, and nobody wanted to look into his face and he went into that tent, threw back the tent door, walked in there and put his lips on her cold forehead uh, and he looked at her. No doubt he felt the void and the emptiness. Uh, my life companion uh, from youth, uh, from birth, uh, it's gone and I don't have anything to show for it. Uh, he went and he purchased that grave yeah, in the, in that land of the Hittites uh, and he buried her there. Uh, but something dawned on Abraham. If he had been mindful of the country from whence he came, he had an opportunity to return now. But he said, no, God promised me something. God gave me this land and all I have is just this grave and just this field and just this tomb, but oh, it's a forte. It's something that tells me there's more to come. God has more in store for me. God means me to have green pasture. Thank God for green pastures. But there's more to life than green pasture. Oh, God may have a good job for you. God may have blowing my sermon. I'm going all over the place here. If all you see in life is just a better job and just a little bit more income and fighting against the world and a man struggling on the job with you to try and get that position. If that's all you want out of life and if that's all you feel like God has to offer you is just a little bit more money not the boss but just a little bit higher up the scale. Hey, hey, hey I'm here to tell you God has more for you than just the better wages more for you than just the better job. God has something he wants to reveal to you. Oh, Abraham realized and it dawned on him I'm an heir. I'm an heir. It's not just about putting Sarah away in a tomb. Oh, I'm an heir of eternal life. I got a God that's going to, He's going to continually Him, unveil himself to me and reveal himself to me. I'm going to go from stage to stage from plateau to plateau from place to place, pillar to pillar I'm going to know God like never before. blew my sermon let me just get on with it I ask you today I ask you today are you satisfied with your God is this all God can do for you is what you have today is this all God can unfold for you as what you received up to this time in your life and if you was to die today is this all that God's promises to you meant Hello, God wants to speak to you today. It's not about just a little more dollars in your paycheck. It's not just about a little more better income to buy a little better house. Oh, it's not about that at all. There's a glory that I have. There's an unveiling of myself that you are an heir to. Amen. I want you to understand my gifts to you. Take these small tokens of my caring for you and let them dwell in your hearts and minds and let them unveil me to you. Let them be a resource of life for you that I am more more than just dollars and cents, that I am more than just houses and lands, more than just carpet or pews or a roof over your head. I am more to you than that. And I want to reveal myself to you. I want to talk to you. I want to reveal myself to you. I want to reveal my life for you. Amen. Oh, I wonder today, can anybody here stand up this morning and say, I am perfectly satisfied with my life and all that God has given to me. Amen. And if there was never any reversals of things that have gone wrong, if there was never any restoration of what I've lost, if there be no life with a clear conscience and ideal hopes that I can attain to, I'm still content with God. Oh, no, no, no. I pray you're not satisfied with life. I pray you're not satisfied with where you are at and what you have and what you have attained to. I pray that you're hungry, hungry, hungry. I want to know God. I gotta have God I want God to speak to me I'm not satisfied with where I am and what I have oh if this God is real and I believe he is if this God resurrected out of a tube and I believe he did if this God loves me and wants to speak to me and reveal himself to me I want him to do just that talk to me reveal yourself to me Jesus I love my wife. Don't tell her I said that, all right? She's so spoiled. She's so spoiled. Uh, Nighttime we get in bed, it's always tickle my head, tickle my hand, hold me a little bit. I want to scream out so badly. My two tickled in my head for once. Huh? Oh Been married 50 years, tickling heads. My fingernails are wore out, tickling heads. But I love my wife. I really do. I really, really do. I really do love her. I have such feelings for her. But it dawned on me, and reading about Abraham and talking about it, and looking at his life. All that he experienced was just a touch of what God had in store for him. The endless possibilities of growth and that was bound up with him and Sarah. And oh God, it began to dawn on me. Thank you for my wife. If my love for her is just a little taste of what you have in store for me. If my affection for her and my fondness for her is just a little foretaste of what you have in store for me in the years to come and the eternities to come. I pray God that there be a perpetual yearning in my spirit to, to know you and to know more of you ah Jesus uh, I want to know there's more to you I want to know there's more for me Jesus Uh, I'm not content I'm not satisfied Uh, oh God if death would come today to my heart and life I want you to know life has been more than just the seed time uh, a planting time with no harvest Uh, I want you to know if death should come to me today uh, my life has been more than just an education vocational time without any sphere of employment uh, ahead. I want you to know if death should come to me. Uh, my life has been more than just a vision of good uh, and that will never be mine. Uh, oh, I'm not just striving for something that's unattainable. Uh, there's something that awaits me. Uh, there's something that's beckoning unto me. I have a yearning in my soul in my spirit uh, and I'm longing to get there. I want to be there with him in his presence. Uh, and so I say to him, Talk. Talk to me, Jesus. Guide me, Jesus. Call me, Jesus. Don't leave me, Jesus. Don't let me to myself, Jesus. I want more of you, Jesus. Uh, but if all you feel like God has given you in your life and you can attain no more for him, He and you're disappointed in him, I, I want you to know he is surely disappointed in you. It said in Scripture, Abraham believed God. Uh, And they desired a better country. And then this scripture got a hold of me. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. Wow. 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 I don't want God to be ashamed of me. And the devil looks at him. Tells God, is this all you could have done for him? Is this the only thing you did for him? Well, I did more for that, for my fellows out in the world, than you did for your children. And God has to hang his head in shame that I couldn't do more for them. I couldn't take them higher. I couldn't lift them higher, draw them closer. I couldn't be sweeter. I couldn't reveal myself to them. Oh, I don't want to be sh- him to be ashamed of the God of men and women who aspire to no higher blessings than what they can receive here and now. I don't want him to be ashamed of me and men who hire to more no more than earthly comforts and present prosperity. If that's all God means to you, you're missing the whole work. If you would not want to be ashamed of us, I. Don't I don't want him to be ashamed of me. I don't want to think so lightly of his power that there's nothing beyond. Oh, no, no. I want to go higher. I want to go higher. I want to know him better. I want to know him more intimately. I want to know God. I told you I was converted in 1969. I was just a teenage boy, 18 years old. Alfredo. I was high on LSD, graduation day. It was graduation week that week, and and for our senior cut day, they took us to the park, and a bunch of us guys got together, bought some LSD, and we dropped some LSD. We got to school early, went to the back of the schoolyard, smoked some potting, and boy, we was feeling cool. I recall... Dropped us off in the park and told us where to go and meet and do everything to have lunch. And I recall playing frisbee with a fellow classmate and throwing that frisbee. And seeing that frisbee roll across the sky. And it looked like a rainbow. All the colors falling after it. And and I was just feeling my oats, my Cheerios. I was feeling good. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, one of the boys came running to me and said, David, David, Jake's up in the hills and he wants to talk to you stopped. Jake was my close friend. He knew my family. My brother had been recently converted, come out of a world of drugs, and and uh, the drug culture and he had given his heart and life to God and we'd seen the tremendous change in his life and, and so I, I left what I was doing and I went they led me up the hillside and Jake was under a bush in the dirt rolling on the dirt and he just t- tossing around I, I said Jake, Jake what's wrong with you, get out of here, snap out of it, Jake what's wrong and Jake sat up and he looked at me and he said I want the God your brother has God smote me I heard a voice from God. Speak to me. Tell me. If you don't give me your heart now, you're next. I was stone sober, Alfredo. I was stone sober from that moment on. I made my way to the church house that night. They were a little church having a revival. Brother Grijalva's church. My sister knows what I'm talking about. I made my way to the church house that night. They began to sing and to pray and to worship. Just a few old ladies, a few old men, a couple of young people. But I recall I was under conviction so bad. The Holy Ghost was calling me, dealing with me, talking to me. I recall thinking I got to get out of here. I don't know what's going on, but I got to get out of here. And I recall when the altar call was Getting, being given, and we all stood up. I, I, I thought to myself, get out of this pew and make my way back out the door. I got to get out of here." I recall stepping on that aisle, out into that aisle, and I felt a draw into a pool, and, and I found myself at an altar, weeping and crying. And Moses Gutierrez, the young man and young preacher in the church there, he began to pray with me. And I looked up at him with tears running down my cheeks. It's not running out of my nose, and I told him I'm crying and I don't know why I'm crying. He said that your soul is crying out to God. And God is calling to you. God wants to talk to you. God wants to draw you to himself. And I remember weeping my way through to a place of repentance and asking God to forgive me of all of my sins. I've never taken another smoke. I never drank another piece of a drop of liquor. I've never smoked another joint. I never dropped another pill. From that moment on, I told God here. I am God. I want what you have for me. Oh, and I'm here to tell you, I'm the better for the bargain. Amen. I'm the better for the. God didn't get anything when He got me, but I sure got a whole lot when I got God. I recall this story, and I want to close with this story. I recall years ago, years ago, it was a terrible accident. A helicopter crashed. I don't recall all the details of it, but in the details of the story, one thing that came across and struck me was that a man in that seat, uh, that helicopter crash landed there and the blade came around and it struck the man in the back of the neck, severed his spinal cord and and he's left paralyzed, unable to move. from his, His whole body is paralyzed and rushed him to the hospital and ran all their tests and did what they could. And I recall a story being told to me. The man there is on life support laying in that bed. The doctor called a preacher and told him, come, I want you to come look at this situation. Preacher, made his way to the hospital and the doctor took him and told him the story. He said, listen, I don't believe in euthanasia. I don't believe in mercy killings. But if I ever, ever had a reason to believe in it, it would be because of this story, of this man. This man has been in this hospital for nine months now, preacher. When he first came in here, Uh, We realized his neck was severed, nothing we can do, he's paralyzed. He said, but his wife would come visit him, their little children. (coughs) He said, Preacher, I got to noticing her reaction. He said, so I I had it hooked up, the monitor to his brain, the stimulus in his brain. And I put it outside the room there and I had this little gauge. And When it first happened and his wife would come in there and she would throw herself down on top of him and weep and cry. and I love you, my love you, my love you. And he said, I watched that little guy meter there, that little gadget there. And the needle on that little meter would just roll back and forth. Boom, 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 boom. But he was still. He couldn't move, he couldn't speak, he couldn't talk, he couldn't communicate. And that needle was just going crazy. Boom, 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 boom. The children would run up and get on top of the bed and hug on daddy and kiss daddy and say, Oh, daddy, get up, daddy. Let's play, daddy. Come on, daddy. We brought our toys, daddy. And that meter, boom, 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 boom. But he could not communicate. They'd walk out. The needle would subside. This went on for some time. Finally, it got to the place when she would come in. She would simply walk over to a chair, sit down, pick up a magazine, and just start flipping the pages. The kids would come in, fall on the floor, pick up their little cars, and start playing. He said, and all the time, preacher that man with that hook to his brain, the activity of his brain, that needle's just going boom, 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 boom. I thought about that. The scripture says he's the head, we're the body. I wonder if we come to the church house and all the time... In heaven, the meter's going boom, 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 boom. But we're so busy with our little agendas, playing with our little toys, giving ourselves over to this worldly pursuits and going through the motions that the head cannot communicate with the body. Speak to me. Speak to me. Talk to me. I'm asking this morning, is there somebody here hungry? I'm asking this morning, is there somebody here you desire in your soul? God, speak to me. I want to hear your voice. I want to know your voice. I want you to reveal yourself to me. You've got to be more than just a Sunday God. you got to be an everyday God. Young people, are you tired of this phony, carnal world and its offers of joys and pleasures? It's just like cotton candy. You take a bite out of it and it's going to leave nothing there but air and emptiness and void and disillusionment. Is there a young person here today who's hungry for God? You want God to take note of you. God, I don't want to be just a face in the crowd. I don't want to be a cipher, a zero, a nothing. I don't want my life just to be spent, wasted, unknown, unheralded, and uncalled. Samuel Samuel Jose Jose Taylor Taylor JL JL J- Caleb Rachel Rachel Rachel. <laughs> Alfredo. Alfredo. Talk to us. Call us. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. tired of this world. I'm tired of its empty amusements. I'm hungry for God. I want God's comfort. I want God's guidance. I want to be led of the Holy Ghost. For more information about City Grace, you can find us online at citygrace.church. We'll see you next week.